Welcome to the Master Passive Income Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to get financial independence, quit that J-O-B, that just overbroke job, and live the dream life by investing in real estate. Now, today, I am super pumped to bring on two fantastic investors who in six months have bought two properties making well over $500 a month in passive income from these properties and show how you can do it as well. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to the Master Passive Income Podcast, where we talk about investing in real estate with a special focus on making enough money so you can quit your job and live the dream life. And now, here is your host, Dustin Heiner. Hey, what's up, guys? Super pumped to have you back on the show with me. And you know what? I super appreciate you coming back, listening literally every single week. And today I have a super fantastic show for you. In fact, some awesome listeners that actually listen to the podcast and from listening to the podcast, started investing in real estate, now have two properties. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is they came to RubeCon. And they wanted to hang out with a lot of other investors, meet all the great speakers. And then they shared with me how by listening to the podcast, and they would even go bike rides together and listen to the podcast. And then they got encouraged to actually do it. I am super blessed that with RubeCon, RubeCon is the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. If you've never heard about it, this is maybe the first time ever you're listening to the Master Passive Income. But we're creating a community of investors. And this year, 2023, we literally had over 400 people that were at RubeCon, all wanting to help each other to become better investors. Everything from multifamily, Airbnb, land investing, storage units, um, midterm, long-term, like literally every type of investing, that's what we do. And that's what we talk about at RubeCon. But it's not about the content, which we have. It's not about the breakout sessions and the keynotes, which we do have. We have all community. That's what we are all about as community. Now, I got to tell you, now in the last week's episode, I talked about how expensive the hotels are, or how expensive they are to put on these conferences. And if you didn't hear the episode, go back and listen to last week's episode where I share with you that the coffee alone is literally $100 a gallon, plus 25% gratuity on top of that, plus tax, so I'm like 35% on top of the $100, so I'm like $135 a gallon. We think gasoline is expensive. Well, my goodness, coffee is even more expensive about hotels. Well, I'm providing ho you know hotel coffee for everybody at the conference, and they set it to consumption. I'm not going to go through Go back and listen to last week's episode. You'll definitely get that. And... It was $17,000 for the three days. In fact, two and a half days of coffee, $17,000. Seriously, are you kidding me? It was so ridiculous. So here's what I did. I And this is what I want you to also learn for your investing in general. And honestly, even for life, I personally love to negotiate. I love negotiating. And honestly, when people try to negotiate with me, I appreciate it because that's something that we try to do is negotiate. So I did two things. 
Number one, I replied or I was talking in a conversation email with the hotel, letting them know everything about how we really were not told that consumption literally meant 20, no, 32 gallons of coffee. That's not what consumption means because they were dumping some out every or a lot out every single day. Consumption means you fill it up and then if it's used, then you add more. Not you start with 400 or you know 400 people, 32 gallons of coffee, and that's the immediate cost. So I, number one, started negotiating. And I replied to the email that I got from the, uh, I guess, host or the manager of the event for the hotel. And I replied saying, wow, this $17,000 is absolutely like it's just out of nowhere. Meaning I explained to them that our budget was $2,500 a day for coffee. Like if it runs out, then we run out. Sadly, they can go to Starbucks. It's right down the hall. So it was $2,500 a day, three days, $2,500. That would be $7,500 plus gratuity. We're getting close to $9,000, almost $10,000. Well, still $10,000 for coffee is a lot of money. Now they wanted $17,000. So I started my negotiation because I knew this was a negotiation. Hopefully well, they would take some money off. The reason I'm telling you this is we do this every day in our real estate investing is we negotiate. We negotiate literally everything in this business, talking to a title company, negotiate, talking to a seller, negotiate, talking to a property manager, negotiate every single thing could be monetarily, you know, money wise, negotiate that it could be their services, negotiate that literally negotiate everything. And if you're like my wife, who absolutely hates negotiating, well, you need to get out of your shell. And you need to make yourself negotiate a penny saved is a penny earned. So what I did was I started negotiating. I said, I want to be $7,500 total, not including gratuity, but that's the total that I want to spend. You were at $17,000. What can we do? Can you help me out on that? So that's the first thing I did. Started negotiating, which you must negotiate in everything that you do in your real estate investing. The second thing I did, I literally started praying. And if you listen to my episode a couple, like two episodes ago, I gave my closing keynote at RuCon where I literally shared my faith, basically shared that I believe in the, the God of the Bible, and I believe how Jesus Christ literally saves us from our sins, our punishment that is deserved upon us. The wrath of God is taken away. It's our punishment is put on Jesus. And I also share that I love to pray. And with that praying... I decided that now was a fantastic time to pray. And if you're thinking about prayer in general, well, a lot of us can be thinking, well, this prayer might be a small prayer, so I don't really need to pray. This prayer might be a large prayer, so I really, really need to pray. Well, when you think about it, if you believe in God, and God is the creator of the entire universe, are there any big prayers to God? <laughs> in my opinion, there are literally no big prayers to God. They're just big prayers to us. These are insurmountable goals that we have in our lives that we need help that's outside of us. Now, obviously, you know, $17,000, that's a lot of money. It's not like a break the bank, like I'm going to go bankrupt because of it. But at the same time, it was like, I want to pray about this. I want the Lord to help me with this, even though this is not a huge prayer, like a big prayer in my mind would be, Lord, please bless us to not lose money at RoopCon. That's a huge prayer. That's a big prayer because that's all depending on God. But the other one was, well, Lord, bless us to have a lower coffee bill because that coffee bill is so outlandish. At least I'm saying 
I'm praying, Father, that you would bless us to have some price down off of the coffee. So with a back and forth an email, it finally came back where they were willing to take off $3,000 from the total coffee bill. So I'm paying $14,000 for coffee for three days. Again, that's three days of coffee for 400 people a day, apparently. With that, I saved $3,000. I could have just paid that. I could have just said, oh, this is just wait. lesson learned. Don't have them do consumption. Literally do like five gallons, you know, at a time and then add a gallon at a time. I could have done that. But instead, I negotiated. And number two, I prayed. Now, if you're a Christ follower like myself, definitely prayer is one of the biggest things that we can do as a Christian. In fact, Christians pray. That's what we do. Investors invest, Christians pray. So negotiating, number one, Praying number two, blessed me to save $3,000. And did it take me a lot of time? No, it was literally like, I want to say 10 minutes of emails back and forth. And that saved me that 10 minutes of work. And let's say 10 minutes of praying saved me $3,000. So I want you to think about that and actually try to negotiate in everything that you do in your real estate investing. Now, lastly, this is Memorial Day, and I am super pumped that I do the Murph workout. That Murph workout is a workout once a year, everybody does, and it's to honor and celebrate the um, service members who have passed away for Memorial Day. And I did it with my boys. So I did the full Murph. My kids did the half Murph. You run a mile, then this is the workout that you do. It's an exercise thing. You work, you run a mile, then you do 100 pull-ups, then 200 push-ups, then 300 air squats, and then run one mile after all of that. And you're supposed to wear a 20-pound weighted vest. I didn't do it this year. Literally every year before that, I've done it. This year, I just got so much going on with the RubeCon, I didn't do it. But I had my boys do, <laughs> they actually did the half Murph, you know, one's 13 years old, the other one's like 12, and they did half mirth. They were literally dead. If you want to see a picture of them after the, you know, me and them doing the Murph workout, go on my Instagram. You can check that out there. The Dustin Heiner, T H E, Dustin Heiner. You can find me on there. You can DM me too. I love, love getting DMs. But, anyways, it's just super fun. I super appreciate all the veterans, all the service members, and all the ones that have passed away. So, I definitely appreciate all the military. But let's jump into today's show. I'm super pumped that these two investors came to me in RubeCon, walking around RubeCon, say, Dustin, we listen to your, your podcast all the time. And just from listening to your podcast, we literally bought our first property and bought our second property. And in six months, I have two properties. They are twins, Laura and Lana Haynes. They are super fantastic. In fact, they were such a joy to be around. They brought their dad as well, who was also fun as well. That's what we are at RubeCon. The Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference is literally a family, just a lot of fun people. So I hope you enjoy as much as I did learning how these two fantastic investors bought their first property in Texas and bought their second property in another city in Texas in six months and show you how you can do it as well. All right, let's start the show with Laura and Lana Haynes recording in the RubeCon hallways. All right, here we go. Everybody, welcome to the Master Passive Income Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to become financially independent, learn how to live the dream life, and quit that J-O-B, that just overbroke job, by investing in real estate so you never, ever have to work a job again. Today, I'm super pumped. We're literally at RubeCon 2023, and I met two amazing people who listened to the podcast and decided 
to invest just from listening to the podcast. And now they have two properties. They're here at RubeCon. And I heard the story. I said, this is absolutely amazing just from listening to the podcast. And then now successfully doing it. And you guys are partnering together. I have Laura and Lana Haynes with me. Thank you so much for being here, you guys. Of course. Thank you for having us. So we'll jump right into it. You guys sound like twins. Are you guys twins? (laughs) We are. We are twins. Yeah, Yeah. we're five minutes apart. So who is older and who is younger? Me. Okay, you're older older. by five minutes? You look older. I'm just joking. Very, very joking. (laughs) Yeah, I probably should never say something like that to females, but you guys are really young, so I thought it was a little easier to say something like that. But no, so I am so glad. Like, when you told me that you listened to the podcast, number one, I was Mm -hmm. excited. I love it, meeting people listening to the podcast. But then, just from listening to the podcast, being able to get the encouragement and courage to actually do it. Plus, your dad, Dick, he's a (laughs) terrific investor, too, so that helps to have somebody like that on top of this as well. Yeah, definitely. He's standing right over there. So if you're watching this on YouTube, we're at RubeCon right now, and we're literally recording in the hallway. We have so many people walking by, but this was a golden opportunity to be able to jump on and meet you guys. So tell us a little about your both your story and what made you guys want to invest and what's like your your vision to get in there? Yeah. So as you said, our dad is an investor and we grew up, our parents were divorced, but um, we grew up seeing him invest in real estate. And so it was always familiar to us and we always wanted to. We just didn't really know how to because we had we had to have that down payment. And we live in we lived in Southern California growing up. Um, we still live in Orange County, but we moved around a little bit between. But um, it, the market's just crazy. It's so expensive. And so we graduated from school and paid off student loans and kind of just like did work, did the grind, you know? And so when I stumbled upon your podcast, it was during COVID actually, Laura reminded me that we would go biking a lot and be like, let's go bike around and listen to Dustin's new podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so listening to your podcast, it was like eye opening. Wow. We can actually do this and it's doable and it's not so daunting as, as you assume. And so I shared it with her. Yeah. Yeah. So we always kind of, we were trying to think back on like what really got us into real estate. And I think we're just like, we always had that interest. And I think it is maybe just seeing our dad invest a lot that it was very normal for us. And, and, um, (laughs) so So for everybody listening to this, we're laughing because her, her, their dad is definitely making sure that they're very happy. Right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know, like, I have kids. My goal in life is to embarrass them. Yeah. So more than likely, your dad's very similar in that way. Anyways, oh, yeah. go ahead. Laura, yeah. keep finishing. Yeah. So I think we were trying to think back on, like, on that. And I actually have worked for a lot of companies. And I want to pause for a quick second and share that honestly, I really want you to invest in real estate. My new goal in my life, my first goal was to quit my job in 10 years. And I did that, accomplished that at 37. Now my new goal is to help 1 million people invest in real estate. So two things I would ask from you. Number one, if you get anything out of this episode, please share it with somebody else. Just say, hey, you know, check out Dustin and Master Passive Income. He really wants to help a million people to invest in real estate. That's number one. Number two, I want to get you to invest in real estate get my real estate investing course absolutely for free. Text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. 
rental to 33777. I'll literally give you my course, show you how to find an area of the country to invest, how to build the business first. You know, I always talk about that and how to find the right properties, how to make sure you're getting experts to do the work for you and scale the business to where you're making $250 or more in passive income, scale it to quit your job. I'll literally get to you or go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. Obviously, it'll be in the description, but I really, really want you to invest in real estate because the more that actual normal everyday people own real estate that are good landlords, the better everybody's life gets. That have shut down. So I think for me, it was just looked at as like security to invest. And I always wanted to and never like never had a job where I felt like I was able to really get ahead, super stable, and um, save a lot of money. So I think during COVID, we were able to start like getting together. Lana actually moved right next to me during COVID in Orange County. Mm-hmm. We're and neighbors. So we were both working from home. <laughs> yeah, That's we're neighbors. Terrific. So we were both working from home, and we just had a lot of time. Um, and we just like would go on bike rides, and she was telling me about the podcast, Dustin Heiner's podcast, and she kept telling me about it for a while. And yeah. I was like, fine, I'll eventually. <laughs> yeah. I was like, who is this guy? I guess I'll give him a listen. And um, yeah, so we so we started listening to it, and it just really got us motivated to like take action. And it started in 2020. So yeah. it wasn't like you bought it like eight years ago in 2014, 15, mm-hmm. 16, where it was really, really... Like, 2020 and then in 2021 like prices we, people are like yeah. oh my goodness I can't invest because of prices yeah. and all that sort of stuff but you yeah. guys did it yeah. and that's the thing like you say the best pre- or the best time to buy real estate was 20 years ago <laughs> the best time now is now you're 100% right yes <laughs> yeah and so I do feel like every year everyone's like the market's crazy each year it keeps getting crazier that's what that's the noise you know and so what you say on the podcast and what I, I looked into, it's like, forget the noise. You can always be successful in real estate. Just start, just take action. Yeah. And so I think listening to your podcast, it was like, it was like, we actually just need to, to buy a place. You know, we've, we've gotten most of the research. I think it got to the point where, where we just need to learn by doing. Yeah, we had done so much research. I feel like, uh, like in my twenties, a lot. I would on the weekends, I would read yeah. books and I would try to learn and try to do research. And it just got to the point where, we were like, I, it's so hard to learn at, at some point, or it's just like you just had to do it. And I think that's yeah. what we realized. It was like we just need to like do it and learn by doing it and and that helped us the most honestly and it seems like at least for me and it seems like everybody especially all the students that i coach it's that fear is right in front of your face when you had never done it before and then once you do it that one time oh my goodness it's like oh was it that really that easy yeah Yeah. like it's not it's not easy easy but it's simple like if you just understand how to do it you just implement it and then you guys have done it twice now Mm -hmm. so talk to us about where are you investing right now? And a little bit about the first property that you got. So the first property is in Mesquite, which is right outside of Dallas. Um, we were trying to figure out what market, and um, we were looking kind of in Texas. I know you had talked about Texas being a good place, and I actually had an old coworker that was now a realtor in Dallas. And so I was like, I'm just going to hit him up. haven't talked to him in like seven years, but let me just hit him up and see if like, He's open to working with us on finding a property. And I think that really helped us just like feel more comfortable with knowing the person, even though he, he really wasn't like a investor real estate agent. Um, 
but I think just being able to work with him like made us feel more comfortable and made it actually happen. Because we had that connection with him already, and we needed someone to be a little bit patient with us because we had a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah, so I think I think that really helped us progress forward, and so then. We we made some offers on places in Mesquite. Our older sister was actually going to invest with us in that property um, in Mesquite, and then we so we were making offers, and it was really competitive at that time because it was in probably around July of 2021. Yeah, so yeah, interest rates were, were very good, and we wanted to get in, but it was hard to get in. I feel like every time we were looking at a property, it like went off the market so fast. Um, yeah, and so then there was one property that was a two-bed, two-bathroom, which I know after <laughs> listening to your... I had listened to your podcast so long at that time, and I was like, this is everything Dustin said, don't do, basically. It's not a three-two, you know? Um, but there was already a renter in there, and so that made it feel, one, more comfortable because we were in California, and then two, um, there was less competition because you had to put 20% down because it's, so you're only um, like competing against other investors. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So we got the place. Yeah. <laughs> Do you mind sharing a little bit of the numbers, like how much... Can you share how much you, it was selling for, and did you capture any equity, and what's the passive income like on the property? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so it was on the market for two nineteen, um, and then we worked with our real estate agent, and we offered one ninety five, and they came back. I believe it was at two fifteen, and then we ended up countering at two ten, and we got it for two ten, um, and they didn't want to go any lower than that, but they were open to like taking off some closing costs. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. So once we got the inspection, we were able to get 4K paid for closing costs. So, Ooh. yeah. It was, That's money in your pocket. You'd yeah, have to know yeah. to pay that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that helped a lot. Yeah. And back to the renter, I just wanted to say that I think for me, there's a lot of fear of like, okay, buying this house. And then how long is it going to take to get the renter in? Like, are we going to have to pay the mortgage for three months? So I think having yeah, less risky. I think having that renter in there made it feel a lot more comfortable. And um, doing the Zillow numbers originally looked, it looked like a better investment than it turned out to be. Um, So we, we ended up the, the like mortgage and the insurance and the taxes are about 1350. They were 1350 when we bought it. And then I actually called around a lot of property managers and was able to get one that was only $95 a month. In Texas, so, yeah, there are yeah, flat fee ones. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, so we were only, at the time, the rent was $14.50. So we knew, we knew that we weren't going to make any money for like a while. Um, but he was in a two-year lease. The tenant was in a two-year lease. He had signed that during the peak of COVID, like March 2020. And so the lease was going to end in about six months. So we knew that we could raise it quite a bit. So oh, so you knew the market rents were considerably yeah. higher than that. Yeah, yeah. And it was at That's like sixteen fifty, sixteen sixteen fifty was Ooh, what yeah. we could get for it. So I think for us, it was like okay, we're willing to wait, you know, six months to like be able to kind of raise it up. Totally. Yeah, so that's well because over at. time we just know rents will go up, mm-hmm. and if you already knew the market rents were low going into it, mm-hmm. you buy it knowing that you can raise it, which that's the end goal. Like you, it, it's great if you could literally from the very beginning 
have the rent at a certain price that we want, but yep. it's okay because over time we'll get it up. Yeah. So yeah. that was the first property in the said Mesquite in Texas. Mm-hmm. Second property close to there, or where was the second property? The second property was in Lubbock, Texas. Um, so the first one wasn't close to the 1% rule, and I think we really wanted to try to get the 1% rule. Originally, we wanted to stay kind of with the same real estate agent um, and in Texas, and then I, I just stumbled upon Lubbock like on YouTube, I think. And then, it's a small town, isn't yeah, it? I mean, it's, yeah, it's not like Dallas-Fort Worth or anything like no, that. No, yeah. small town, Texas Tech is there. Um, yeah, it's the draw. Oh, yeah, draw. And it was close to the 1% rule. It was it was possible there. So that's kind of where we started focusing. Um, and one thing to add with the Mesquite property, we knew it was not meeting the 1% rule. We knew it was a 2-2, but we just wanted to get in the market totally. so bad. Yep. And this was our chance. And our older sister actually dropped out because she got cold feet. Oh, um, Chantel. I'm calling you out on the podcast. Because she hadn't been listening to the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. So she got nervous, and so we we were like, okay, we're putting more money in than we initially thought, but yeah. we just want to get in so bad. Mm-hmm. So we knew it wasn't the best deal, but we were okay with that. So there wasn't now, much risk. have you been able to raise rents, and now is it yes. performing well? Yep. Good. So we raised it to sixteen hundred, so we were making one fifty, yeah. which still isn't the two fifty. <laughs> Um, but yeah, now we the tenant's actually going to move out later this month, so we're looking at turning it into a midterm rental. Oh yes, um, yeah, yeah, we think it'll be a good mid. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Who do you have, or not who, but because you don't have to share that, but like you have somebody to manage that midterm rental, or how are you going to manage the midterm? Yeah, so we're still trying to figure out the details. Um, I've talked to a few different companies, but um, I think right now we're trying to figure out um, furnishing. And that was a big thing we were excited about, the Sarah Weaver. Sarah Weaver's fantastic. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. so we yes. were yeah. looking at her. What, we were, well, so everybody listening, at RubeCon here, we have Sarah Weaver here, and she's been amazing as the MC, but she's an even better investor. Mm-hmm. And she does the midterm properties, and she's just fantastic. So talking with her, getting, picking her brain, or working with her, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. so I, I think basically we just need to furnish it and find a cleaner, and then I think we can run it ourselves. Like I'm, I'm totally fine with running it ourselves. I, I feel confident doing it. We've actually, we actually did one with our mom's like side room, like running an Airbnb, and I was managing that. So I feel comfortable doing that. And we have, we've talked to Furnish Finders already to get like the data on Mesquite. Um, so we feel comfortable with that. We really just need to be able to furnish it and clean it and get a handyman and a. Yeah. Get the right yeah. people in the business. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So Build this. The business. So it's the Mesquite one that you're doing the midterm. Is it mm-hmm. also in the Lubbock? No. So so Lubbock. I think when we got um, once we did Mesquite, we were able to know exactly how to calculate the numbers, which I think really helped us for Lubbock. So when we were in Lubbock, we're like, at least I was very motivated to find a place that at least made two hundred and fifty dollars a month, ideally more. So. Lubbock, we ended up um, getting a property that was $138,000 as a 4-2, um, and the current rent is $1,300 right That's now. Terrific. Yeah, so we're making about 350 a month. Is it, it already Wow. Is it already rented, and you guys have it? It wasn't when we got it, okay. but yeah, but now it Ooh. is. Yeah, we were able to rent it. Like, yeah, that was a little more risky because we didn't know. It's I mean, not risky. Afar. You're just not yeah, ready yeah. for it. Yes, I get yeah, it. Yeah, it was something new. Yes. Um, but that one turned out to be a better investment. 
Yeah. I mean, the cash flow is better. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we had to we had to put new paint and some new doors on it. Um, so it took us like uh, two months to actually finish that and get a tenant in there. Um, but yeah, it's performing really well. We haven't had like any issues there. And I actually thought it was going to be like four fifty a month. So I was like, dang, only the taxes in Texas aren't, uh, aren't yeah. very friendly. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah. I remember when I had my yeah. Houston property, I saw the county taxes. In most states, county tax is what you have. And I was like, oh, county tax is like sixteen hundred, seventeen hundred bucks. I'm like, done, no big deal. I'm going to be making like six hundred dollars a month in passive income. And then I get a stupid city tax. It's like I double, know. if not triple, what the county was. I was like, oh my goodness, this was not nearly what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. But, oh well, that, that's why we do our homework first. That's why exactly. we hire the right people. I didn't ask the right questions when I first, I didn't get the right people. Anyways, yep. we do that now. So I got to ask you a question. Do you have the green light deal analyzer that I have? I don't think so. I'll give I'm it to a, you guys. I'm so. a member. Okay. Um, but I you don't think it. I... Well, let's chat afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I'll we'll look. make sure you have it because <laughs> okay. I found, like I use that in my business. Um, Tom Sylvester, he's a speaker here at RoopCon. He helped me develop it. In fact, he's a systems and procedures and processes guy. Like he said, because it was rather amazing. So he was buying lots and lots of properties and he was tired of doing running the numbers for himself, like actually doing all that work. So he made this spreadsheet and gave it to his VA virtual assistant and said, just find properties, run it through here. As soon as everything's good, send it to me and I can put offers on it. So I took that, what he had originally, and I said, let me make this for Master Passive Income. He's a friend of mine. We're in a mastermind together. I said, hey, can I use this? He's like, go right ahead. So I tailored it. I, I fixed it. I added things. I made it so that as foolproof as we can try to get it, you know, it's just, it's, it's education. I'll definitely say this. It's educational. I'm not saying if you do this, it'll work out hundred percent, but at yeah. least this is what I use in my business. It gives me a chance to then do more analysis because there's more information. Like when you buy a property, you could run the numbers through the analyzer, but it might not turn out well because maybe you got the wrong information that you put in yeah. or maybe something's wrong with the property. Some, there's a lot of stuff, but anyways, we'll make sure you have working with that. Now, what's the future? What do you guys want to see? You want to continue to grow? What's the eventual goal of your real estate investing? Yeah. So, sorry, I feel like no, I'm talking, but, um, <laughs> uh, so we bought the first one in August of 2021 then the second one, March of 2022. So after the first one, we were like, let's go let's get our next one we we're so motivated and our and Chantel our older sister joined us for the second one that's another fun part of the story because she please saw share even, yes even though Misky it again wasn't the best investment with with the numbers but she did see that we were pretty successful we weren't losing money um and so she wanted to invest with us in the next property oh so she gets in the good one I know. oh Chantel <laughs> she got back on board a little funny quick story that uh, obviously it's an inside joke for us but Chantel was supposed to come to Rucon, but she couldn't she said hey can my dad come instead I'm like sure we'll get a new badge form that has name we apparently didn't do it well enough or he just liked Wearing the name Chantel as a badge, so he's walking around with Chantel. So that's why I call him. Chantel. In spirit. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. So next year, are you guys coming? And you're going to bring Chantel? Yeah, that's the plan. We she was supposed to come. Um, she had a baby, our nephew, um, six months ago. So she was planning on bringing him, and then we were trying to get someone to like stay and kind of watch him. Tell Dad to we... stay and watch. Come on, well, Dad. You do don't we trust him? Uh oh. <laughs> After hanging out with him last night, I I can absolutely acknowledge that. Exactly. Yes, yes, there we go. <laughs> so yeah, so she tried to be here. She wanted to be here. Unfortunately, she couldn't make it happen. Um, but yeah, next. But year, I bought the recording, so I told her you can absolutely. watch all of them. Yeah. So for future, continue to grow. I interrupted, but that, 
what's your thought with growing? Yeah, so after the second one, um, we were kind of just like, okay, we got it. It took a while to get a tenant in there, so we were kind of in the hole a little bit. Um, and then and then we kind of were either like, okay, we either want to stay with Lubbock for one more. Um, because if we knew the market. Totally. We, we had a team there. Yep. so we if it, Yeah, if it was the right deal. So we actually offered on a few properties that we ended up not getting, which was a bummer. Um, and then I kind of just started looking at all different areas and it just started getting me confused because I, I started talking to so many different realtors like in Indianapolis in Muncie, Indiana that I heard about from your podcast. Yeah. And then um, also Little like, Rock. Yeah, Little Rock, Little Rock, yes. Rock yeah, Buffalo, Little Rock. Um, somewhere else, Cleveland, like just all over the map that I think I that I was just like, okay, maybe I should go back to Lubbock. I think I just started getting confused on where to focus. Totally. Um, my, my suggestion is I like having two ponds to fish in at one time, meaning Lubbock and let's say you pick, I don't know, Little Rock or wherever. Mm-hmm. Because if you're just in one city, who knows, deals might pass or you might not yeah. even get one for a little while, but you might be ready. Mm-hmm. But another pond that you're fishing in, let's say that city, Little Rock or wherever it might be, you see more deals because a lot of students ask me, well, should I do that? Like, should I house hack or should I spend all that money on a one down payment? Or there are always these ors, but it's not the or, it's whatever deal comes. And if we get a deal in front of us and we know we can make money from it, we know we can buy it, we can afford it, and we're going to put the mortgages and everything like that, then we take the deal. And so it's it's deal incumbent, not anything else outside of that. So definitely, I would suggest don't get too overwhelmed. If you're yeah. looking at like eight cities, oh my goodness, that's that's so <laughs> much. In fact, that's yeah. why they come up with the term analysis paralysis. Like if you're yeah. looking at 15 properties, your main brain starts like, what, which one's good? That's why I like the, the green light deal analyzer because mm-hmm. it literally just tells you it's green light. Like mm-hmm. this, this fits everything that we would do. And in fact, I'll tell you. I don't think I've ever told anybody this, but I actually made it even more like conservative. Like if, if it does, cause I'm giving this out to people, like they're, they're yeah. buying it. Yeah. I didn't want to have any doubt. Like, so I made it even much more conservative, like on the better end, if it's all green, more than likely it's better than what I would normally have bought. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So continue to grow. I would definitely suggest keep looking for more and more deals. Yeah. So how are you guys working on financing for these properties? Conventional loan. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think going, Real quick, back to your last question. We are kind of at a crossroads because we are renting in Orange County right now. Oh, goodness. And so <laughs> our rent I is- moved out of California, so yeah. just, just to say that. But you guys might like California. It's just really expensive yeah, and lots of other stuff. It is. <laughs> I know. Um, our rent is pretty affordable, but that's another thing where, where we're trying to figure out, do we go... And do we do another purchase out of state? Do we do we purchase our own property and kind of house hack in Orange County? I'd say um, whatever. Personally, yeah, whatever. my suggestion is whatever deal comes. If you find yeah, one like and that. you have the ability to, then do that. Yeah, yeah. Don't awesome. just say I'm only doing this and foregoing other great opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've been putting twenty percent down um, on all the properties so far, just conventional loans. So that's kind of what's been the holdup too, a little bit. At least. Did you guys both? And Chantel, um, are you guys all three on the same mortgage? So the first one, I'm the only one on the loan. Awesome. Yeah, and then so that frees up. So she, you still have four spots, uh, if that's the way 
You go. Yeah. yeah. So the second one, we're all three on the loan. Oh man! <laughs> the Chantel, like, I need to be on the loan. Like, you need to make sure I'm. No, oh. I think no. none of us really wanted to be on the loan. I think, <laughs> yeah. like, I didn't want all the risk again. So again, I was like, yeah. I don't. I prefer to at least be on the loan with other people. But yeah. at that time, we didn't know about the limit. Got it. Really. Well, the limit's yeah. ten, but banks they That's just don't that, like okay. to go past four. It's oh, just not, it's okay. not a preference. The lender kind of made it, they were making it sound like it would be really complicated if we all three didn't have the loan in each of our names. Don't listen to them. I know. Don't listen to them. They want that because it makes them feel better. Their investors, like whatever organization that, or, you know, company that they're using their money to help yeah. you get this. Don't yeah. listen to them. Literally do not listen to mortgage brokers unless they say, I can get you a loan. Good. But you, yeah. you dictate to them. Well, the now, other- if any mortgage broker is listening, you're going to get upset. <laughs> I apologize, but don't do that. Yeah. Literally, just do what the investors need. The other thing yeah, is that um, if, like, I was going to get it in my name one time, um, but I didn't have all the money for the down payment in my bank account. So that was an issue, too, of, like, if we're going to do that, then we need to, like, put Two months the ahead of advance, yeah. put all in there? Exactly, yes, yeah. Absolutely. So that was kind of something we realized, like, we need to do if yeah. we're going to get it in one name. Another quick little tip is, and I'm not saying, like, don't. Uh, doing, th- I'm saying don't do anything that's against the IRS, but if you put in $10,000 or more, then it's recorded to the IRS, like it's literally reported. So if you, in a 24 hour period, so if you wait a little bit, like put a little bit here in, in, in there, like under 10,000, that's not reported to the IRS it, by the bank. They're like literally required by the bank, or sorry, by the IRS to send IRS a statement. Hey, Lana and Laura, they literally, and Chantel, all just gave us $10,000. You must know about it. So just a little oh, side yeah. note. Um, just do a little at a time, my suggestion. You're not trying to get around the laws. You're yeah. just making sure because who knows, maybe it's going to go back into another account. Like yeah. you just keep doing that back and forth. Yeah. The IRS might be saying, hey, what are you guys doing? Are you laundering money? So just yeah. keep that in mind. I'm actually a tax CPA. But... So am I off base in what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I, I haven't Please tell me if I'm wrong. I need to, I need, before, oh. but I'm sure it is a thing. But like with my company... We, we have such high net worth individuals oh, yeah. that I, I don't think I see it much. If you talk to any bank that you bank at and ask them, hey, do you report if I bring over $10,000 in cash? Not like a transfer, it's cash. Yeah. If you do that, I think also transfer do they do stuff. But anyways, talk to the bank. But yeah. 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 Because you never know. If you're moving back and forth money because, hey, it wants to be in your account as a... For sure. We just want to make sure taxes. we're protected as much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so for future... Um, Chantal, our older sister, was kind of like hesitant on whether she wanted to buy the third property with us. So that's kind of just been like back and forth. Like she's in, she's out. So so we're, I think right now she's in and we all are kind of, we were kind of on hold until we were like, let's just go to RubeCon, meet people, make connections, get new ideas. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's what we're here to figure out. And then yeah. I think Chantel will join if it's a good deal, you know? Like, <laughs> Chantel, you got, I'm going to call you out. you got to put in some work. you got to not just say, hey, let me pay you back. Let me ride your coattails. So for everybody listening, well, she's I'm... Baby, or she has a new baby. So. That's a huge, huge... Yeah, yeah. I'm blessed to have the easy job of making money. My wife has a hard job of homeschooling and raising the kids. So yeah. I completely get that. I do have to say, I am not an accountant. So if, don't listen to anything I say. This is just what I've been told by my accountants. Apparently, Lana is, so definitely talk to her about all that stuff. But this is so fantastic. I'm so glad to have you guys and met you here at RubeCon. Hopefully, next year, Chantel will come, too. And we can see you guys have at least... Well, let me ask you this. What is a goal that you can give yourselves by next year, 
2024 of RubeCon. So we thought that we would have our third property already. Um, that was kind of our goal is like, let's at least get, because we bought two in one year. So we were like, let's do another one in six months. And now it's been a year. So we have the money saved. By next, by next year, ideally, we have two. I would want. Yeah. I kind of want to. So my boyfriend's a carpenter and I would love to have our own place in Orange County um, and build an ADU. Yeah. Those are fantastic in Orange County. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that would be awesome to kind of house hack, build an ADU. Um, But yeah, again, the options are endless. Yeah. And it it is what you said. Like if there's a deal, then then yeah, we'll, we'll go that route. Yeah. That's a good tip because I do feel at a crossroads where I'm like, I don't know where we should put our funds mm-hmm. and, and put our energy next. Yeah. So that is helpful to hear and be reminded. Absolutely. Well, Laura and Lana, thank you so much for being on the show. This has been so fantastic. Now, I really, really appreciate you guys being a part of RubeCon, definitely bringing all these people. Like you brought um, Ronnie and your dad as well, and hopefully Chantel come. Hopefully Ronnie's coming next year. But I really appreciate you guys listening to the podcast as yeah. well as coming to RubeCon. It just, it's encouraging to me that people are moving forward because it's just so much fun. I feel more fulfilled. Like yeah. when you guys told me you did that, I was like, oh, but I got to talk to you guys. Let's hang out. And it's going to be great. But, Literally yeah. from your podcast. That's oh, how we took action and that's got so, started. That's so terrific. It is awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, you guys, for yeah, coming on the show. You. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you for yeah. bringing us. This yeah. Is, so we awesome. were nervous, but ex- excited nervous. Awesome. <laughs> well, next year, I want to hear a report. You guys accomplished your goal, and we'll have okay. you on the show again. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. Well, thank, thank you so you. much, ladies. Thank you, Dustin. <laughs> And that is it for today. Go ahead and get my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777. R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. You can also join my Real Estate Wealth Builders group coaching. Get all my courses. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next show. See ya. See ya.